Congressman Devin Nunez has gone through the ringer and back again. He represents his district in California. You know him as the man who is heading up the House Intelligence Committee until the Democrats got control. And then you had Adam Schiff lying about Devin Nunez, lying about Russian collusion, pushing that impeachment narrative. Devin Nunez has been proven correct in a fair amount of things. And Devin Nunez has never wavered, just straight on till morning. Yeah, you can argue he could have done this a little better. He can do that a little better. Maybe you've got a larger disagreement. But you can't argue that Devin Nunez has ever been involved in the moving of false narrative the way Adam Schiff has. That's not something he's done. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Love to hear from you. Devin Nunez, Representative Nunez, has also not been somebody who wants to stifle speech. Yet there are members of Congress that do. I met up with Representative Nunez during CPAC, not on Radio Row. They needed a private spot. So I went to him, speaking in lower hushed tones than my normal radio self, and asked him about these members of Congress who want cable operators to drop groups like Newsmax and not carry them. Two members of the House of Representatives sending a letter to cable operators saying uh, that Newsmax, that One American News, uh, these stations that we have decided are unacceptable, why, why do you carry them? Uh, as a guy who appears on those and is looking to build a career, as a guy who's in radio and figures that's next, these are frightening times in the world of free speech. It's something that you have certainly discussed before, and we've discussed uh, before. Is there going to be any reprimand for these members for pushing something that clearly is not an American value? Well, remember, this is just the next... This is just the next step on their war to take down our communications architecture that started four years ago, maybe even before that. So the the social media companies and these tech companies have become essentially oligarchs. And what they're doing, this is all planned. This has all been orchestrated to essentially shadow ban or completely take people down or completely, in some cases, you know, there's a new term now, you can get parlored. Right. Where you have this company that starts up and it grows and it gets tens of millions of conservatives that are on there. And then, boom, you wake up one day and it's eliminated from the face of the planet. So and I would say this, that that they're not going to stop. Also, I think the next realm they're going to go into is also podcasts. At what point, because YouTube's already targeting and demonetizing those platforms, so at what point does Apple decide, well, these are all white, racist uh, people that we don't agree with, so we're just going to, boom, wipe them all off, including, you know, I have my little podcast that I use to communicate to my uh, supporters. Um, They're going to take that down, and that's, you know, they haven't gone there yet, but Apple did take down Parler. So... Um, the fact that they're going after cable news shouldn't shouldn't surprise anyone. It's a different thing when they say, oh, that Fox News or oh, that Newsmax. This is members of Congress writing to the cable provider saying you shouldn't even carry the channel. That's a, that is a world's leap in horror show from what Google, Am- 
Amazon, Facebook, Apple are doing, in my view. You you see it as an equally. I, I, I actually don't. I see them uh, as the same. I see them all. It's all it's all equally dangerous because don't think that these members, same members of Congress, haven't been doing this to these tech companies. I mean, it was Barack Obama who actually coined the term, and Zuckerberg who coined the term fake news back in 2016. So this was Donald Trump successfully used social media in order to win the election in 2016. And that's what that's what you have to do in order to reach the people. Because when you have, I used to say 90, now it's 95% of the content that's being developed out there, for, uh, the news content. 95% is left wing, hard left wing. That only leaves you 5% for the independent and the center and the center right. But then when you run that through what I call the disinformation funnel, which are these social media companies, you're poisoning the hell out of the American people. And so it makes it tough for us to reach those minds of people that, quite frankly, you know, a lot of people aren't like you and I, Tony. They want to, uh, they want to have... Uh, bourbon and smoke cigars you know like you do on the week like they're very good people like you do on the weekend but they don't want to do politics they don't want to talk politics so they just they hear little things here and there and that's how they make their mind up so when you know they came out four years ago and said trump's a russian agent if it wasn't for the russians he wouldn't have been elected oh he gets elected and then oh he's putting kids in cages and you know now today you see that now that first of all obama is the one who built the cages it's ridiculous to even call them cages, but, but still, this is what the media said. Now, today, Biden and his administration have welcomed his people across the border. He stops the wall construction. He has no plan to fix the immigration system other than just everybody come in and we'll just, we'll just legalize everybody, which is total chaos. But if you notice, now these, these cages are filling up, but they're calling them, I think, migrant facilities or something like that. Right. I, I think the last term was an embassy suites. <laughs> Is it embassy suites? Uh, it, it, it just giving it that, that veneer. And I think that has shown a tremendous level of media bias. You didn't have to look too far that it, under Trump it's cages and under uh, Joe Biden it, it's it's the Hyatt Regency. I mean, it's, it's that kind of horror, talking to Representative Devin Nunez. But I want to get back before I let you go to the idea that maybe members of Congress have been reaching out to these tech companies and saying, why are you hosting this one? Why are you hosting that one? Now doing it to these news networks. I think people look at it and ask themselves, are you telling me there are no Democrats? Zero. 435 members of Congress. Are there no Democrats? Zero. That say, this isn't right. We shouldn't do this. What's the pressure on them if they should speak out in opposition to these things? And well, maybe I should ask the first question first. Are you telling me there are no Democrats you speak to that think it's wrong to try and silence people by having Fox News removed from the airwaves? Well, if, if you go back a little ways too, recall that they never liked Rush Limbaugh on radio. And and at the time, you know, before there were podcasts and, and you know, all that, that really we had was AM radio and talk radio. So if you remember, they were actually trying to, I think it was called Fairness Doctrine. It's the Fairness Doctrine. You know, when I was first... Scares me. Yeah, when I was first elected, that was a big thing they're pushing. Now, because of the creation and, the, and just the, 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 the fast uh, changes in, in the, the web and how it operates and all the tools between podcasts and everything else, that kind of went by the wayside because now, uh, you know, and you know, as being on radio, 
radio. There are still people listening to the radio. People are driving around. They want to listen to the radio. But for the most part, things are quickly moving to podcast because somebody wants to, you know, I may not be able to listen to your show on bourbon and cigars on Saturday, but, you know, I might be able to listen to it Monday morning on my drive to work. I can play the podcast in my car now. That, you know, that was never there. So to, to answer your question about the, the, the Democrat members of Congress, there are some that that know that this is wrong. But if I look over time, uh, what the people that are getting elected now are revolutionaries. They're, they're, they're true believers of, of socialism. I mean, they even call themselves socialists and progressives. When I was, when I was first elected, um, there, were, there were like backbencher socialists, which Bernie Sanders right. was a backbencher socialist in the House of Representatives. People, people forget that. And he was seen as a crazy person, with, even within the Democratic Party. You, you maybe had, you know, you would often look up in, in, uh, on, a, on a vote that was relatively not controversial. Um, you know, you'd have 15 or 20 that would vote with Bernie Sanders. Or, you know, he would put an amendment on the floor and he might get, I think I even remember times he only got five or six people to vote with him on whatever socialist amendment that he wanted to offer. Well, nowadays you have at least over half of their their conference are declared socialists, and you and because they're a Politburo system now, you're they're all going to be afraid of these revolutionaries. So if you've been in Congress a few years and you know you don't want to mess around because if you if you think about it, we had liberals in this country, very extreme liberals, who lost primaries in this last election. I mean, the most notable one was very liberal guy from New York City, lost to a revolutionary. He was chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Elliot Engel. Yes, yes. I didn't know if you knew, but longtime member of Congress and a very liberal, but also at the same time, you know, uh, very serious about national security issues. I mean, he got whacked in the primary. Not literally. I don't want to get you taken down. No, 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 no. I say things like that all the time. You, you know, the Sopranos theme could be playing right now for all I know. Well, you know, nowadays we can be censored for that. And in this case, it would be you can be censored for whacked? It would be, it would be you that would get censored, not me, because it's your, your show. See, this is all getting very confusing. See, I wouldn't use whacked on my own podcast. <laughs> oh, 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 good Lord. Then, then I, I, I should have been taken down. They, they'd, come after, they'd come after me if I did that. Is there movement afoot to move forward legislation just to make the subject visible? Is this something that you're pushing? Is this something that other people are pushing that, if not legislation, resolution that Congress should ever should always stay away from not favoring free speech? Well, what I'm telling uh, people to, to do now, it's, it's critically important. And sometimes I forget because I've been through this for the last four years of being uh, attacked and slandered and shadow banned on Twitter and all the bad things that, you know, that, that Google and, and all the, the legacy media companies uh, have done to, uh, to, to me, to the, uh, President Trump, to my family. So, so I become almost immune to it. And then I assume people actually know that this is happening, the censoring. I mean, I, I've, been know, I've known this for several years now. Um, and I actually had told President Trump on numerous occasions, like, look, man, you're, you're there on Twitter and Facebook, these places, they're going to get rid of you. But ultimately, they're going to get rid of you. you don't even realize, I think people don't realize how many times that Trump was being censored, even though they didn't know it. Right. Right. So it's all in how the, you repost something, things of that nature. So here, here's what I tell people if you want to make an impact. 
if you want to make an impact, we have to make sure that every Republican member of Congress and Senate knows that censorship has to be their number one, two, and three issue. And I say that because you cannot win a battle for ideas or any type of battle without a communications architecture. The same holds true at the state level, your state representatives. We heard from Ron DeSantis this morning. I liked what he had to say that he's going to, if you censor a politician in Florida, he's going to find these companies. And hopefully that legislation is going to pass. So we need to see legislation moving at the state level where we do have governors and we do have state legislators. That's got to move quickly. in order uh, for us to get our communications architecture back up, because the only way you're going to impact these oligarchs, you got to remember, these oligarchs have more money than than like the Roman Empire. I read the other day that like the big tech companies, you know, when you take you know the height of the Roman Empire, the richest Roman right. Empire ever was, like the three main companies are have more money, more wealth than the, the height of the Roman Empire, and more and more of the power of Caesar. And, and empower in a different way. Well, they, they control the communication system. I said I would ask this, and I'm, we're wrapping it up, uh, Congressman Devin Nunez. Here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and all the talk is Trump 2024, and is he the leader of, of the party? Is the need for Donald Trump in 2024, or is the need for the lessons learned from having four years of President Trump and taking those lessons and applying them to other candidates? Well, I haven't spoke to the president about this, but what I would say is that you have to understand that this is um, Donald Trump was the president. He lost a a close election and he is the leader of the Republican Party. So some very few, uh, they don't seem to like that very much. And I'm sure there's a lot of very ambitious politicians who want to run for president. Uh, But the reality is this guy accomplished what he did in 2016 was amazing. Uh, His four years were incredible what he did. And even even though the last year with the struggles with covid, what we're seeing now because of the vaccines that are that are out, that was because of Donald Trump. So he did the impossible. You, I think you mentioned earlier that you know, Donald Trump wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't like your typical conservative that would have been hanging out at CPAC right now that believes in kind of all the conservative philosophy. He was more of a common sense guy. He got in. He immediately was attacked and labeled, well, you only won because you were Russian. And I think what they did is they they really moved the president to the to the right because he quickly found out that how evil these people were. And he told me on numerous occasions he was you know, they were much worse than he you know, he even he believed. And of course, you know, I've said this numerous times. I mean, I'm even shocked at the at the level that they went to, you know, after watching them, you know, target conservatives under Obama with you know the Tea Party and and you know through the IRS. You know, I believe they would do quite a bit, but I didn't believe that they would be able to corrupt our FBI, our intelligence, attack the Republican Party, then continue to attack a president, continue to politicize intelligence that used to be, you know, that used to be one of those uh, areas that were uh, off limits. You know, it used to be that the, the Gang of Eight uh, was a serious uh, body within Congress that people relied on and they knew that if something really went bad, you'd have those eight members of Congress there to work with the White House and to never politicize intelligence. And, and they were willing to do that. So, look, at the end of the day, this is um, 
uh, Donald Trump works hard, and uh, that's part of, I think, his success in life was how hard he was willing to, uh, to work. Um, if he continues to work, and hopefully uh, he can help lead the party to victory in 2022, it would be a big deal if we end up uh, ousting these uh, socialist lunatics. Congressman Devin Nunez, thank you. Thanks, Tony. Great to be with you again. In person. In person is good. Yeah. Very good. Johnson Johnson gets the okay for their single-dose COVID-19 vaccine. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor and Twitter, at Tony Katz. I'm not surprised uh, that it takes place. I think some people are questioning this one. Because it doesn't have the efficacy, right? It doesn't have the rates that the, the other ones have. Some people said this was uh, 67% uh, 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 effective. In the U.S., it's actually considered uh, 72% effective, offers 86% protection against severe forms of coronavirus. It's not like I would say no. Oh, I'm not going to take that one. I'm only going to take Moderna. This one, single shot as opposed to two. It is at least um, some level of protection. I'm not. I'm not an anti-vaxer on this subject, right? If people want to take it, uh, go ahead and take it. I think there are reasons for some people uh, to take this. I, I don't think that we should just. I just don't think we should be afraid of it. Meaning, because it doesn't have as high of an efficacy rate. If you want to say, no, 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 I'm only taking the Pfizer one. Okay. I think some people can be very happy to take one shot and done and feel a level of of protection. And if they get sick, it won't be as severe. So I'm glad that it's happening. I was involved in a conversation on on my plane ride back from CPAC. I connected through Atlanta and then came back. And it was a discussion of 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 culture, right? And it was a discussion of masks. And you know, if you take a look at at South Korea, if you take a look at uh, Japan, if you're ill, uh, people wear masks. And there was a conversation of us not doing that here in 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 the U.S. And, and the answer is yes, we're much more of a touchy feely society and, and and things like that. So uh, South Korea and Japan, uh, other Asian cultures may have had a much faster adoption rate of masks than us. But we we did come up with the cures. We, we we figured that out pretty darn quick. It wasn't them. It was us. It was U.S. scientists. It was U.S. labs. It was U.S. know-how. I'm just saying. It, 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 the argument is not always, oh, if America had only done this, oh, if America had been more like that. Maybe America does do some things pretty right. And we should celebrate the living daylights out of those things. Gavin Newsom did it again. I've got that story. And the dumbest thing to come out of CPAC wasn't at CPAC. It's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. So J.J. Watt is now with the Arizona Cardinals. Ugh. He posted the photo. I know. I was. I thought he was coming to the Packers. Source me, it said. It's J.J. Watt working out. He's wearing the knit cap like a dope. And he's wearing the Arizona Cardinals T-shirt. It's like, all right, I, I, I guess the Packers aren't getting them. The Browns aren't getting them. The Bills aren't getting them. My Colts didn't get them. Are, are they my Colts? I don't know. I have issues. I have issues with the NFL. It's the town I live in, so I, 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 I try to embrace. Right now, right now we're, we're kind of off again on our on again, off again. 
I think that's the way to say it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Uh, yeah, I, I think the deal was, what, 32 million with 23 million guaranteed on a two-year deal? Yep. Yeah, he got paid. He got paid. So you've got Kyler Murray, who's the quarterback over there, right? Yeah. Um, does does Larry Fitzgerald still play? Uh, he might have retired. If not, yeah. he's probably retired after this year. Uh, if J.J. Watt is there, are you reconsidering? I mean, no. He's a shell of his, of his former self, Larry Fitzgerald is. So I, you know. I, oh, is he? Oh, he's, yeah. All right. All right, if you, if you say so, like I'm supposed to leave, believe producer Ari, like that's how I'm supposed to DeAndre have, Hopkins leave this. Star receiver. Um, I look good on them. I only hope it makes them uh, competitive. Certainly, but the, 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 the dollar move is just huge. huge. 32 million two-year deal for J.J. Watt, who's had lots and lots and lots of injuries, Right. They, they are convinced, they got to be convinced that he gives them something. Some level of edge, some level of push, something that can get them into a good spot. Uh, butts in the seats, if they're allowed to have butts in seats, for sure. In California, Gavin Newsom has done it again. Indoors at a restaurant in a county where indoor dining is not allowed. But they're saying, no, 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 he wasn't eating. It was a TikTok video he created with George Lopez, who used to be a comic and now is just bitter. Uh, they're talking about where to look for coronavirus vaccine eligibility. So they created this little TikTok video and they inside this restaurant in Fresno called Los Amigos Restaurant. But the photos, they show water and cups and, and all sorts of things. Always oh, wearing a mask, but it certainly shows that maybe they were uh, having a, just you know a couple snacks while they were doing the video. Nothing big, just a couple of snacks that they put out there. And people in Fresno would love it if they could uh, go out with uh, you know and, and have a couple snacks. Maybe join some friends and have a couple snacks. Maybe shoot a video. Maybe that's what has to happen. Maybe you just have to make a reservation to shoot a video in Fresno, and boom. Right? That's, that's, maybe that's the way to get around this stuff. Of course, it was uh, the governor, Gavin Newsom, who did this same thing. Uh, French Laundry, but he was there. Uh, French Laundry, one of the most exclusive restaurants in all of America. But he was there to sit and eat, and it turns out it was with uh, lobbyists and all sorts of stuff. The, the, the recall. The recall opportunity there is, is, is serious. They are working hard to get the signatures. So even if some get thrown out, uh, they it will still matter. And they can have the recall election. If they have the re- recall election, I am not convinced that he stays. I am not convinced that Gavin Newsom gets to stay in office. I only hope that he doesn't. I only hope that he doesn't. Because Gavin Newsom is not worth the time. He's a bad governor. He's a bad guy with bad plans and bad ideas. Never mind uh, bad morals. I was talking about the COVID relief bill. Speaking of bad morals. It's $100 million that's going to California for Bay Area rapid transit uh, expansion. 
so they can have more subways that no one's going to use, more buses that no one's going to use. Please, I live in, I live in Indianapolis where they tried uh, the electric bus stuff, the the uh, the rapid transit, and they they so they they take streets and they take them from four lanes down to two lanes, and then they put the buses right in the middle. And all the big deal was there was electric buses. And look at our electric buses. Well, we knew that it wouldn't work from the beginning. How do we know? Not because we're soothsayers, but because we looked at Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they had the same exact system. The buses are from China, a group called BYD, Build Your Dreams. And if you're mean uh, uh, Xi Jinping's, well, then that's correct. And they're electric buses. But in Albuquerque, they wouldn't hold the charge. They wouldn't go the distance that they were supposed to go. Why? Too cold. Now, let's, let's take a moment and let that sink in. It was too cold for electric buses made in China in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it is, wait for it, not necessarily cold. Yes, it's a desert. It can get cold in, in, at night. It can get cold in the winter. But on average, it's colder in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we said this is not going to work. And they did it anyway. It didn't work. And now they're diesel. But they destroyed businesses in the meantime. They ruined traffic patterns in the meantime. You're not allowed to make a left turn, right? So it, it doesn't matter if you have parking or not. People can't get into your place, so they don't go. People don't go where the parking is inconvenient. They, if there aren't a lot of people who can walk there, they won't go. You can't. I can't turn left into the parking lot. I gotta go up and come around. Go, nah, we'll go to the other place. It's the way it works. Businesses went out because of this, and the city is like, "Huh, pity." But we have electric bus service because we're woke, and being woke is the only thing that matters. When you're woke, the world is your oyster. You can walk outside and get on Twitter and let everybody know that you're just the best. When you're woke, you're right. It's crazy. Crazy how they view this. If you're not woke, you're probably going to die in your sleep. I mean, public service announcements going down this road. Meanwhile, $100 million of COVID relief money went to this BART project in the Bay Area. And that's, of course, Speaker Pelosi's district. That's Speaker Pelosi's district. Why would we even begin to allow such a thing? If you want to make an argument for uh, the swamp, right? The quote unquote, the swamp, this is it. This is absolutely it. There was a representative named uh, Hinson who wanted to make uh, an amendment to the COVID relief bill. And what she said was why are we taking all this money and putting it towards a train? Maybe there's something better that we can do. And thank you to the gentleman. Uh, Mr. Speaker, Americans are crying out tonight for targeted relief. And instead, this bill sends money straight to Speaker Pelosi's pet project in California, the Bay Area Rapid Transit Silicon Valley Phase 2. 
How insulting to the frontline workers who still have not received a COVID-19 vaccine, to the mom trying to pay rent while her small business is in danger. And what about the ER docs and nurses treating kids rushed in for a mental health crisis? This is Washington pork spending at its worst, the kind the speaker puts in for herself. My amendment tonight would take away the speaker's $140 million subway carve-out and instead redirect that money to a truly essential cause, supporting mental health programs for students. We've seen increasing rates of depression, anxiety, and other mental health challenges among our kids who've been trapped behind screens for a year now. If we adopt the motion to recommit tonight, we will instruct the budget committee to reconsider my amendment, which would put students over subways and reject this $140 million speaker set aside in favor of getting kids the mental health help they need. That bill, that amendment, got voted down 219 to 212. They put trains over kids in a bill that's supposed to be about COVID COVID relief, coronavirus relief. That's what they did. That's who they are. Hinson was right. The Democrats were wrong. It did not matter. I really hope this doesn't pass the Senate. This isn't about coronavirus relief. It's about, hey, we can spend. Let's go do it. Madison Cawthorn represents the North Carolina 11th. We spoke to him at the Conservative Political Action Conference. And yeah, the dumbest thing I heard about CPAC wasn't from anybody at CPAC. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. The dumbest thing to come out of CPAC wasn't from CPAC. It was people commenting about CPAC because, well, we've hit the floor, people. We've hit the floor. If you know me at all, you know I don't use the words dumb or stupid on radio because they end conversation. They end it. Uh, But what else am I supposed to do? Sometimes you just hit rock bottom. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Um, The stage right, is there at CPAC, and someone decided that the stage looked like the logo or, 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 or the, the crest of a German uh, battalion from 1944. You see, it's how CPAC gave an homage to the Nazis because that's what the stage looked like. Admittedly, that's totally what it looks like. But if you think that's why the stage was created that way, I don't. it's just dumb. You've got nothing. This whole conversation of of republicans as nazis is too gross for words i'll get more into it tomorrow i spoke with representative madison cawthorn you know him you've seen him in his wheelchair uh 11th district and talked about why he ran for office in the first place while we were at cpac well you know i thank you for asking this question because this is a message i'm trying to take to the entire country we as conservatives, young conservatives, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm going to speak harshly here. But we got to get off our ass. We got to stop sitting on the sidelines and ceding the battlefield to the Democrats, which ha- I think has happens a lot. Uh, a lot of people feel like they're kind of waiting their turn. They so they, they hear the establishment says, "Oh, well, there's this line of people," but you got to ask yourself. I mean, literally look around the room and say, "Who are we in line behind?" Because whoever's coming in before me, our country is on fire, and we desperately need to take in charge of our country because if we wait until we're 50 to get involved we're not going to have a country to inherit and what are we going to pass off to our children so you decide to get involved you win you now represent uh, the 11th 
And what you're seeing now as a member of Congress are fellow members of Congress saying that certain news outlets shouldn't be allowed platforms. You're seeing people be deplatformed and shadow banned. You watched President Trump get thrown off uh, uh, so social media. Is it Congress's role to respond to this, or is this a cultural conversation that you think more of us need to be a part of? I, think, uh, it, I don't think it's a binary choice. I really believe we have to get involved on, on every front because um, it's a cultural conversation. It needs to be done, handled in Congress, because right now it's, it's one of our de facto most important liberties is for the freedom of speech. Uh, I believe on social media that is our uh, that's our new town square. That's where we go to have inter interactions with other people. Uh, and so I genuinely believe that we need some kind of First Amendment protections on there. We need to revise the way Section 230 is written so that people can bring civil cases against these big tech companies uh, who impede on their First Amendment rights. But now you see these two Democrats from California who pinned the letter to Congress who are talking about saying we need to get rid of Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, and so on. Uh, they're from Silicon Valley. They are being funded, and their entire campaign is funded by executives from big tech. So you got to ask yourself, what, what is what is, what is the purpose of this? The purpose of this is uniform thought. They welcome, they, they preach diversity left and right, unless it's diversity of thought, uh, and that's where you truly need to be diverse because we need to have the free expression of ideas to really move our country in the right direction. Talking to Representative Madison Cawthorn here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, Speaking here uh, today, talking to people uh, as you are, we often hear about how uh, the Republican Party, the GOP, is in the midst of a civil war, sir. I don't know if you were aware of this. Maybe you were not told. This, the GOP is having a civil war. There is, there is just absolute divide. You tell me, is there a civil war in the Republican Party? You know, people who say that are, are informed. You know, from the top and the way the mainstream media is trying to, to paint it, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, well, Liz Cheney is saying that we got to get rid of Donald Trump and Kevin McCarthy's on the side of Trump still. What's Madison Cawthorn doing? Uh, Matt Gates is a firebrand. Uh, you know what? There is a threat on the horizon of us losing our liberties, of this country falling to socialism, and of the left taking full control with government and us losing our country. And I do not care about some petty fight within the Republican Party of, is this the party of Donald Trump? No. This is the party of the 74 million Americans who voted for America First policy. And that is what we're going to bring to them. And I promise I will never stop fighting for that. I will, help, I will, I will secure election security throughout the state legislatures all through the 50 states. I want you to define it. When you say this is, should be the party of the America First policy, you're like one of the first people who has said, here is what it should be. You're, you're, you're bringing a brand to the concept. Define that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very simple. Uh, you, you know, we're sitting at a table right now, you and I, Tony Katz. Uh, and, but I believe that we should be focused on dining room politics, the policies that actually affect families when they're sitting around their, their dinner table and they're talking. You know, is the father feeling safe to send their children to school? Because, because how's the crime rate? Uh, are the taxes too high? Is he able to have money in his pocket to be able to buy his wife an extra, an extra gift? Does his wife have uh, all the protections that she needs? Uh, you know, I, I genuinely believe that in this country, uh, we need to start having a, you know a bit of populism a bit of empathy but really hold to and adhere to our principles of limited government uh, and so what that means is pulling back these three letter agencies and letting you have control of your life that is what America first is it's not saying we're going to send billions of dollars overseas to fund gender studies in Egypt uh, no we're going to spend billions of dollars in our country to help equip people to have an education to become a tradesman to be able to be a plumber be an electrician be an HVAC repairman not run and get a four-year degree in Egyptology this is a this is a movement and a policy position that is focused on the working men and women of America. Representative. Now, that was Representative Madison Cawthorn right there. The full uh, interview will be up uh, at TonyCats.com. Uh, will be up on, on the podcast. Now, there's been a story 
about Cawthorn that I had heard about didn't have. Uh, producer Ari has given me a little more context. Uh, and, and I have the story. I haven't read it. And stories of whether or not he was involved in any level of sexual misconduct. As and producer Ari, I don't think I have it wrong from you. Uh, basically, in, in his college days, which was just a few years ago, um, he, he, he made his moves. Is that the way to describe it? Yeah, it was nothing like illegal or criminal. It's just, you know, shady, creepy, weird stuff that, you know, it's just unsavory, but not criminal. All right. I don't ever deny something is out there. I may, after reading it, be like, okay, there's nothing to this. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was decent enough. I thought he was willing to answer the question. He was a little more engaged than I thought he would be. I thought he was actually a little more aloof, and I appreciated that. As these things happen, if anything happens with these things, we'll keep abreast of it. I'm Tony Katz.